0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview uh, entrepreneurs for an audience of entrepreneurs. I'm incredibly excited about today's guest, and I have a sense that he's incredibly nervous about uh, (laughs) today's interview. But Tyler Williams is a listener who created something that I just think I love your business. The business is called Motion Array. Do you have a quick one sentence description of it? We went through five different versions that I had here before the interview.
1: Yeah. So towards the end, um, before we sold it, it was, we were calling it the all-in-one video makers platform. So, you know, uh, anything that people needed to make a video, we had it on the site.
0: Not the video editing software itself, but just about everything that you would need as a video maker to put into your video
1: software, right? Yeah, correct. We're so, talking about
0: video. photos, video, stock I'm jumping in because I get excited about your business. Maybe yeah. I should shut up, but I'll tell you. No, no. it's You have stock video, stock photos, you have audio, you have... Uh, uh, After Effects, which I didn't know before I did Mixergy what the what the, that is. Yeah. <laughs> but every time you see a beautiful intro to somebody's video where it's like their name spinning and stuff coming out, it's not that person creating it. It's not even their editor creating it. They're often using a template and then putting their content on that, right? That's what's that software yeah. called?
1: Yep. Yeah. So After Effects templates and sound effects, we tried to have everything that um, someone making a video would need. And he does it on a monthly subscription, built up the business,
0: sold the business for how much? 65 million. For a guy who comes from humble background, who is not somebody who is like, you're more of a creative from what I sense than an entrepreneur. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. That's got to feel great. We're going to find out how he did it. Thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first is Unbounce that wants you to know that if you're curious about my style, how I get people to talk and want to know a little bit about how I learned to do it, they paid me to write a guide about it. And then they're giving it away for free on a page called, well, here's a URL, unbounce.com slash Mixergy, unbounce.com slash Mixergy. They're not even collecting email addresses. They just wanted to get that out there and to let you know that unbounces around. If you want to create quick landing pages, like the one that they use and by HostGator, which I'll talk about later. Tyler, let's, let's just jump to the end. What did you do that to reward yourself for the years of hard work that we're about to, to find out about what's the one thing or two things that you got for yourself after the sale?
1: Yeah. So, um, I bought a Ferrari uh, I actually bought that prior to the sale, um, mm-hmm. because I, I anticipated it going through and then my wife and I bought another house, uh, that we're currently renovating.
0: What's special about and, the house? What do you want? Um,
1: it's a cool old house. Um, it's actually, it's a historic home here in Atlanta and it was, uh, the home of Asa Candler's son and Asa Candler was the Coke uh the guy who started coca-cola I don't, he didn't really start it but he was the one that kind of grew it to what it is um and so it was his son's house and so it has roots here in atlanta so i don't know uh, i think it's pretty cool
0: why why did that move you Was he an inspiration to you or is it that you like old uh architecture
1: i think it has more to do with the old architecture yeah yeah
0: that's one of your and passions the yard is,
1: it's a really big yard and mm-hmm. you know with it kind of i don't want to date Date the interview about during the pandemic, you know, a larger yard is <laughs> nice.
0: So helpful. We have not used our yard nearly as much before the pandemic as we did after the pandemic. It's, and uh, in, in San Francisco, it's just a treasure to be able to go into a backyard with two kids. You didn't come from a place where you had this kind of um, possibility. What was life like growing up for you? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, life was pretty. Rough. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a tumultuous uh, childhood for sure. Um, there was lots of kind of, well, I should just say, you know, my father was an addict. Uh, typically, he, he preferred alcohol, uh, of course. Um, but because of that, you know, there was a lot of moving back and forth between, you know, homes, he would get a job and then lose a job. And, you know, so it was kind of back and forth between houses and, you know, my parents divorced, um, yeah. What's, and then we, we stayed with my mom, single mom. And, it, you know, it was pretty hard just living on her salary.
0: What's one thing that you saw other people do or get that you that stung for you because you didn't have it or what's one thing you felt you were missing?
1: that I wanted really more than just kind of stability in the house. I think. Uh, got it. Yeah. And to not, not be on edge all the time. You, you started out creating for other platforms. What were you creating? After my daughter was born, uh, my wife wanted to stay home and we couldn't afford it. So I was trying to make extra money. Um, and at the motion graphics studio I was working at, uh, they had bought some stock footage and stock animations, and I was like, "Hey, I can make that stuff." So I made some stock animations and uploaded them to a site called Pond5, um, and you know, I just happened to get a sale, and it was very um, pretty addictive for me to, to get the online sales. Um, so i started doing that for a while what what, do you mean by stock animation what were you creating it's stock video but it's just pre-made animations so you can't really manipulate them or Mm -hmm. add text or anything like that it's not like a template it's just an animation so you know like a good example is kind of some that you see of the earth spinning and Uh, you know kind of the sun in the background with like a nice lens flare that kind of a thing
0: Got it. You know what? This is something that I I didn't know until I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube. But a lot of times when someone wants to set the scene, they might show their city from high above, but they're not flying a drone to get that shot. They're going on to your site, Motion Array or a site like yours. They're just buying it and yeah. putting it in, right? It, which is that's, the audience doesn't need them to shoot that that shot of their city. They just want to know where we located. And that one second of video helps tell that. And it's worth to just go to a site like yours to get it. All right. So I understand. I, I got that for video. I didn't realize that also existed for animation. You were sitting there in your spare time, cranking it out, putting it up on this other platform. You started getting sales. You started getting addicted to it. And then take me through how that led you to say, I think I could create my own. My own platform
1: yeah so after the stock animations i, I found another site called Revo revostock um, that's r-e-v-o and they were doing a lot of after effects templates and i had never considered that but i was able to kind of put two and two together and i i saw the most downloaded template on their site it showed how many downloads it was and the price and i just did the math and i was like wow you know this guy is making a ton of money and he only did it one time, you know, and it just keeps selling over and over. So I started making templates and actually started earning more money from the templates and the stock animations than I was at my my day job as an animator. Wow. And, yeah, I had told my friend about it um, at the same studio. And we were we were working late one night at the studio. It was probably, you know... Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, something like that. We were stuck there, and we were like, "This sucks, you know. We've got to do something." So we kind of we were just spitballing ideas, and the the first idea that came was kind of um, a way to customize After Effects templates online, so that you didn't even need After Effects templates. Like you could just change the text and the browser, change the colors, and then in the background, it would render out the video. So
0: if I wanted to have a really cool intro for this podcast, if I were to do a video version of it and I wanted Mixergy to come on and spin in a certain way, I wouldn't have to get the template load it into the software, manipulate it, and then export it and then use that video as the intro to all my videos. I could just go to your site, your vision was, type in my name, which is Mixergy, pick the template that I want, hit enter, and then out would come a file that I could put before all of my videos and give it that cool intro. That seems like a lot of work for two (laughs) non-developers.
1: Yeah. And that was the problem. So we realized, you know, it was going to take a lot of money and yeah, just a lot of developers and a lot of resources that we didn't have at the time. So we were like, Hey, let's just make this little website and We'll upload After Effects templates, and we'll make it unlimited downloads. And the idea was that we would make a lot of money real fast. Okay. (laughs) And then we would use that money to fund uh, the other idea.
0: Okay. So just create the templates yourself, since you're already good at making them. Were you able to use the templates that you put on the other platforms? Or did you have to make new ones?
1: Yeah. So we made sure to to join non-exclusive marketplaces so that we could kind of put them anywhere we wanted. Um, Yeah, and the way we actually funded the company was by uploading to other platforms. So all of the money that we were earning on Uh, other platforms, we were just putting back into advertising and growing our own site.
0: Got it. Um, That makes a lot of sense. How many templates did you have on your own platform when you started?
1: Uh, On launch day, it, it was 10. (laughs) okay and you were selling it on subscription we were yeah okay um i remember that so my business partner designed the site it looked like a heavy metal website it's it's so funny to to look back at um and then we had some developers in india make it i think for a little over a thousand dollars and we were doing everything right you know capturing emails and you know So that when we went live, we could send out an email blast and let everyone know. And then the morning we did go live, um, we immediately had one person sign up. And I remember telling my business partner, Eddie, I was like, Hey man, this is it. Like, this is it. We are off to the races now. And after that one sale, (laughs) no, nothing just crickets for four months. Yeah
0: what did this was back in what 2011 2011 what did you guys use to create your
1: subscription site you remember um yeah the actual website was built on joomla oh <laughs> it, yeah so <clears throat> it was built on joomla and these the subscriptions were through uh paypal which absolute nightmare but that's
0: how we did it but it worked quickly what paypal had that other platforms didn't have for a long time was an easy way to create a button that gave you a subscription that automatically would charge people and if they had a paypal account it was even easier yeah you know what the reason i'm asking is that i feel like now what you built is much easier to create to create a marketplace that sells that sells digital products And there's always some new thing that needs templates. The hot thing that I'm noticing right now is templates for Notion, which Mm -hmm. people think of as a note app, but it's more like a wiki app. Anyway, you could design these really nice notes or wikis on it, but if you add a template to it, it becomes much more useful, much prettier. You could even turn it into a site. Anyway, I feel like people can take this idea that you've created, um, for video and use it for all these other platforms. All right. So you did that. You got your first sale that way. And did you still have both of you your full-time job? Yeah, we did maintain the full-time jobs. Did you still uh, continue to submit to other platforms?
1: Yep. All, you know, nights and weekends, we were working, making more templates. I think we each ended up making about a thousand, um, for over the first few years. Part of
0: the reason why you were just working so hard, I sense, is because of what happened when your wife first became pregnant. You kind of hinted at it before, but those days around that were
1: tumultuous tumultuous, for you. What was going yeah. on? Yeah, we were living in Savannah, and I was going to grad school. Um, and my wife was working at the time, and she got pregnant. And at the same time, I was diagnosed with a sp- tumor, And on top of that, my mom uh, was dying from colon cancer. So we were like, Hey, we need to move home to be around family. And we moved home. I had my surgery that went fine. Um, and then my mom held on just long enough to uh, see her, her granddaughter. It was, she saw her on a camera. But still, you know, she was able to see her, and she was definitely holding out for that. Um, wow! Because she passed away two days after she was born.
0: And you and, and your wife said, "I don't." What was going on with her?
1: Yeah. So my wife ended up having postpartum depression um, and did not want to leave our daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the thought of going back to work was eating eating her up inside, and. You know, I was trying to do everything I could in my power to make enough money so that she didn't have to go back.
0: When you were working at night and weekends and times when you were tired after a full day of work, Was that in your head? Were you thinking, I've got to take care of my family? This is now, I'm a father. I've got this responsibility. It's not just creating another template. It's do or die for my family. They could go back to the life that I had. I do that to myself. I just try to fire myself up with the worst case scenario. Wake up, Andrew. Here's what could go wrong. Here's what's at your doorstep. Keep working. Is that what you did? That is what I did. You did. How did you do that? Um, How did you consciously get yourself think about that and use
1: it so i think there's kind of two parts to that and it was you know one was providing for my family and the other was running away from mourning um, and the depression that set in after my mom passed away so yeah i think it was just kind of natural to just try and bury my head in work at the time and ultimately it backfired completely (laughs) what do you mean what happened yeah so i just got so caught up in work that i neglected my relationship with my wife um and we ended up getting separated for about a year
0: wow yeah because you you were trying to provide for her and your daughter and deal with your depression and this or not depression but the the sadness with your mom all that it's it kept you working so much that she disconnected from you. Did she start, did she start talking to you about that? I find my wife will say that to me and I don't pay attention because I think, okay, she'll get past it. It's your job to get past. it, just like, it's my job to work late.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, she was, she was telling me and giving me signs, but I just wasn't picking up on them.
0: What should you have done in retrospect? I feel like this is, it's a winning story here.
1: It worked for you. Should you have taken a step back from work? Should you have taken your foot off the gas? You know, I don't, I don't really think back about how I would change things. Um, there's not much you can do, right? So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I I try to be more receptive for sure um, in our relationship now and definitely hear her out because I do know that she would <laughs> kick me out. <laughs> it's not an idle threat. It's been proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. When you finally got back together, was it because you had a realization that you're willing to work less or what? That you're not as scared anymore? Did you have more momentum?
1: What was it? Um, you know, I think if you were to ask her, the fact that I never gave up on the relationship mm. was the reason that uh, we got back together.
0: How did that express because itself? I, you
1: know. I just think it's so easy to give up um it's a much easier thing to do than to fight for a relationship and i never you know never quit i kept coming over and you know taking care of my daughter and Mm,
0: okay so then you created your site how did you get customers how'd you get that first customer and then the first customers after that
1: ah yeah so the first customer was just some random person that you know, thought it was a good idea to sign up and and download these templates. But after that, you know, you just have to learn everything, right? Like I was learning AdWords and we were learning how to market the company. And we ended up putting AdWords on my credit card and just letting it run for a little while. And, you know, we just came to the realization that we needed more content. Um, And then that would help the conversion rate. So it's that
0: you didn't have enough content after the, after somebody came from an ad to convert them or right. that you were thinking SEO, that's what it was. Yeah. Because they're not just coming in saying I'm ready to buy. They're coming in thinking what, what are they, what are they looking for when they're researching?
1: Yeah. So I think the issue is we were a membership site. Um, I think if we were just selling one-off templates, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. They could just buy one and, and go use it but here they were you know they were signing up for something and that kind of makes people feel locked in a little bit and mm-hmm. you know if we didn't have that much content i think that's what was uh, a barrier for entry for a lot of people
0: You guys are great at it. Now there's that video right at the homepage that shows me what I get. If I subscribe, if I'm a member, there's the free content. So go ahead, sign up, get some stuff for free, see what we're like. And then of course you start the relationship with them, which makes it easier to transition from a free membership to paid than from no membership to paid membership. By the way, why did you decide to go for a membership? A lot of other sites were selling one-offs.
1: Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. You know, the idea of, of, I think Netflix had already gone unlimited or was streaming. Actually, I don't know when that actually happened, but I just kind of saw that as the future and where it was headed. So making it subscription and just the idea of recurring revenue was where we wanted to go.
0: If you're an if you're an online business or frankly any business at all, having recurring revenue is so good that it's in your interest to make it like a no brainer for people to buy that it's almost painful for you to give that much that people will sign up, you know, like, um, if, if you're Disney and you give out the latest movie, that's supposed to be in the theater. If it just has to be so good that they think what the, what are these guys thinking? I would almost think that for Disney it should be. And guess what? If you, you get, if you come to Disney World, we'll let you in for free, or we'll let you cut the line, or some like yeah. look for something that's that painful because it's that helpful for a business to have recurring revenue, to yeah, to, to have predictability, to have growth. All right, let me take a moment talk about my uh, sponsor. It's HostGator. One of the things that I like about your your story is, like I said, there's always new categories to create marketplaces for. If someone's listening to us right now and they go to HostGator.com/slash/mixerG within a moment. They could be up and running with a WordPress website. There are themes that you can use to turn that WordPress website into a marketplace that sells any digital product. Like I said, Notion is a good example of it, right? People are now getting excited about Notion, but there are others. Can you think of any, Tyler, what would you do right now if you, if there's a, what digital marketplace would you come up with right now?
1: Um, you know, this might not be good for your sponsor. (laughs) But, um, mm-hmm. I'm really getting into Webflow um, okay. and what they're doing.: Why do you like Webflow more than WordPress? I, I'm seeing a lot of people get excited about about them. For me, it kind of lends itself to motion graphics designers, and I because There's just a lot of animations that you can do easily, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe just the interface is kind of familiar. I
0: definitely um I definitely see that that's a competitor to WordPress and I have no problem with you by the way bringing up competitors to it but is there a template marketplace for that for there is right for Webflow there's got to be think, I think Webflow actually has
1: templates on its site
0: They do but you know what I find out. you get you get them with all these different platforms but there's always um There are always other platforms that create better templates. The problem with templates for web design is it's a one-off thing. That's why ThemeFar sells one and done. You don't need, unless you're a design agency, you don't need tons of of themes. So it doesn't, I don't think, lend itself to that as much as other platforms do. When I think about Notion or when I think about, uh, I forget what that is. There are these like uh, spreadsheet sites that are just super powerful, right? When I think about that, there are lots of different things you could do with them and you need a theme for each one of them. So you might use, um, sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't you have someone on here that um, started a a PowerPoint template
0: Right, so for PowerPoint, I I don't remember that, but for PowerPoint, for sure, (laughs) people who do PowerPoint presentations need templates on an ongoing basis because there's a chance that they're using them for meetings on a regular basis. Anything I think where it's digital, where there's ongoing need for it, lends itself to a marketplace that people can charge, uh, people who are listening to us can go and create the marketplace for it and then charge an ongoing fee. Yes, you could do this with other platforms and I encourage people to do it with whatever platform works for them. The reason I like WordPress is because their are templates and uh, themes and everything already built because it's it's the most popular uh, content management system on the internet right now. One out of three websites I think is hosted on WordPress. And if you're going to host on WordPress, bring it to HostGator. And if you're going to bring it to HostGator, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. We'll give, they'll give you an incredibly low price um, and just give you something that works. All right. At this point, you finally have started to buy some ads. You're starting to um, add content. Was there any one thing that helped you get a bump to that magical $10,000 a month, recurring revenue moment. Um, <clears throat>
1: excuse me. So I don't think there was one thing that got us to the $10,000 a month recurring revenue. I do remember celebrating it. Um, but how did you celebrate it? I think we just went and had a beer uh, down <laughs> the street <laughs> Why was ten thousand so important to you? So ten thousand was so important because that allowed us to quit our job. Really? So that's sixty thousand dollars for
0: each of you a year, and that's enough to quit your jobs. We were
1: scraping by, but yeah. Okay. Because we were also, the... uh uh-huh. We were also doing some um, freelance work on the side. Okay. And using that money.
0: You and your co-founder made a thousand templates each. Why? Why didn't you say, you know what? We're going to create a marketplace where anyone can upload their stuff. We're going to take a step back and not create. There was a reason why you decided you needed to do it yourselves.
1: Yeah. So since we were like an unlimited marketplace, the amount of money that someone uploading a template would get is, would be just too small for them to want to, to do it and to join the, the membership mm-hmm. site. Because they were used to, you know, the other sites where they were getting 50% of each sale. And so you're saying it it just wasn't
0: enough. There wasn't enough money to pay the people who would create the templates, especially compared to what yeah. they were getting in other places. I get that. What were you charging a month?
1: <laughs> we, we experimented with every price. Um, I think it was around like $29 a month. Okay. And you know, it was just crazy to us that we didn't have more members than we did because the templates, some of them cost more than the monthly membership. And we had, you know, a thousand, two thousand, and yeah, it was just crazy. You
0: did have that no-brain ordeal. I mean, really, it's it's just a few bucks to get it. You were definitely undercharging and still people didn't discover you because it's hard to get noticed, right?
1: It's very hard. I think, you know, when you build your site and your company, you just think people are going to come to it magically and it just doesn't happen.
0: (laughs) And the price was so good. We can think about like, how could you change the pricing? How could you change the landing pages and all that? But truthfully, if nobody's coming, it's really hard if you're, if you're buying ads and still not converting, it's really tough. Yeah. I remember one of the things that worked for me and i had it easier because i had an audience first and then i had a subscription product but i remember one thing that worked for me was people said i want to just buy one off i said okay great here it is the standard price is what a few hundred bucks per per online course we're going to sell ours for 97 dollars for one off or 25 bucks a month for all of them which one do you want it's a no-brainer even if you're slow and it (laughs) takes you four months to cancel we're gonna take care of you um and it's still a better deal But for you, you just didn't have that built-in audience. You didn't have the marketing chops, right? And it's not a thing that... um, It's it's just not... a. Well, was it a thing that people were searching for? Was it a thing that people were gravitating to? No.
1: Yeah. You know, there was a lot of search traffic for After Effects templates. But yeah, the price kind of was too high at that point Mm -hmm. to... I mean, we were still doing it, but you know, we were competing with the larger companies and yeah, it was just tough for sure. Okay.
0: Tell me a little bit about the software that you used in the beginning. It was at Joomla site.
1: I, yeah, in the beginning it was Joomla (laughs) What was and then we decided, yeah, we saved up and had a designer redesign the site. Um, and through him, we met a developer that rebuilt the entire thing, um, using Laravel. Uh, and on the back end, and just some JavaScript on the front end, and then introduced us to Stripe because we had been using yeah. PayPal. Yeah, good decision there. Um, and he also had the idea to not do unlimited and to make it credit based where it's still recurring revenue, but you had, you know, four to 20 different downloads that you could do per month. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what enabled us to later on open up the marketplace to other contributors because the revenue that they would be getting per download was a lot higher than if it were unlimited.
0: Ah, got it. That is, that does make a lot of sense. You didn't have issues before, right? Where people were coming in, subscribing and then downloading everything or did you? We did. Yeah. I think those people are always
1: out there, but.
0: I found yeah. that we had that, but it wasn't a big enough issue. Everyone kept telling me, watch out, here are different ways to block against it. But it wasn't a big enough issue to cause a problem. Um, but I, I guess those people are, like you said, they're always out there. And with you, they get yeah. to keep it for free. And whatever they create using the designs they got from you, they get to keep the ownership of, right? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if today there's just an easier platform for creating a marketplace like yours, which keeps track of everything. Is it They're basic marketplaces for sure, They're templates for it, but is there someone who makes it easy to create a marketplace charged by credits and then split the revenue with the, with the creators who are on the marketplace?
1: You know, I'm not sure just because <laughs> we had ours built and I just haven't been looking. Would you ever
0: bring that in house? Or was it always an outsourced thing for you guys?
1: Oh yeah, we, we ended up growing the team for sure in house. How big was the team before you sold at its peak, probably Mm -hmm. around 40 people.
0: Okay. Yeah. Why'd you decide to sell?
1: You know, we had been doing it for nine years at the time and we had been growing pretty well and a financial advisor had reached out to my business partner and told him about how the market was hot for the type of business that we have. Uh, And you never know what's going to happen in the future. You know, he was a good salesman Uh, and he just kind of put the bug in our ear and, and we thought about it and thought about kind of our families, you know, and making sure our families would be taken care of because I, I just feel like every day for nine years, I always had the feeling that the entire thing could just be, you know, wiped away. Someone could unplug the server or something, you know, Yeah, it's not that likely to happen, but yeah, the, the, the feeling's always there. So kind of de-risking and having money for our families, I think was the biggest motivation
0: what do you do to stop thinking that way? Cause I find that I'm not very effective and I don't come across confident and, and clear and strong when I feel like the whole thing could go away tomorrow. That if I don't value myself enough to think that this is going to stay around forever, people pick up on that in my voice and it really hurts every conversation. And when I do believe that this will outlast me, that people will be studying Mixergy interviews forever. For example, you can hear it in my voice and people want to work with me. People, are, are happier, more productive working with me. And so I try to stay focused like that, but sometimes it's a challenge.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, when I was talking about it going away, it had more to do with me and my business partner not being developers um, and kind of that entire world just being unknown to us um, that we just always had the feeling that the site could go down and, you know, or it could get hacked or, uh, yeah, just so you that just don't have thing. the
0: skills to fix the thing that goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, I because
1: know we mean. were the we were the artists, we were, we made the templates. That's what we knew. Um, but when it came to the the development side, that's kind of what kept me up at night sometimes.
0: All right. So then you decided we're going to sell. We've been were you burned out after eight years of work? Do you feel?
1: Uh, it would, depended on the day. Really? Okay. Some days were good. Some days were not so good. So you hired an investment banker. Can you say who you hired? Um, sure. Um, MVP capital, which I think has been acquired by Houlihan Loki.
0: Okay. And they went out and they started shopping you around.
1: Yeah. So they put together all the marketing information, um, in the projections and got everything ready to go. And then we were about to go to market and COVID struck. So they just said we should shelve it and just play everything by ear. So it was just like week after week passed and they just kept saying let's just wait another week and see what happens. So how do you was deal with that? Along. <clears throat> not well. <laughs>
0: no. Do you drink or because <laughs> well. of your dad, you, you hold back?
1: Yeah. You know, I quit drinking over a year and a half ago now mm-hmm. and uh, going through COVID was difficult for sure. But <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah, just pretty stressed out the entire time. I'm sure okay. my wife would, would tell you, but yeah, it was had not you, a fun time. How'd your team deal with that. It was weird because we didn't, we had not let them, we didn't let them know. No, but uh, with your anxiety, they could, they could read that you're not. No, they can't. Yeah. I don't know, you know, cause we would have just a few meetings throughout the week. Cause we were completely remote mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know if they picked up on it or not. Wow. All right. And then you got prices
0: all over the board. You finally decided to sell the highest bidder
1: were they the highest bidder we could potentially have gotten more but the deal that they had was just really good you know because a lot of people when they hear about people selling a company they don't know about the hold back or the earnouts where you have to stay yeah. on for, you know two or three years and all of this stuff so yeah the deal that we got with Artlist was really good They wanted to move really quickly. Um, and the time that we have to stay on is pretty short and it's not contingent. You know, the, the money's not contingent on any goals that we have to hit. So it was just a a pretty sweet deal.
0: Why did you, why did you guys announce the amount I see here? It's a Tel Aviv company, right? Yeah, that's correct. They put out a press release saying that they bought you for $65 million. Usually I have to work on getting the
1: founder to open (laughs) up about this. This is right there in the press release. Why did they say it? You know, I'm not sure. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. How is it for you
0: to have everybody know what you sold the company for? You own 50% of this business, right?
1: Yeah. So not that many people know. (laughs) They just don't look this up. Unless you're in the business world, like. Mm. None of my family knows. Uh, the, my friends really don't know. If you're on LinkedIn and connected to me, you might have seen you know the article, but other than that, yeah, we haven't really announced it to that many people.
0: Let me go back a little bit and understand how you how you grew the business. When you started getting other uh, other creators on your platform, I know that it would have helped you. It would have helped you, um, have more content and be more sticky for your existing customers. But did those creators also start sending you customers or because of the way you structured your marketplace as a subscription, do you not get that?
1: They didn't send us that many customers. No, I don't think that's the challenge. it It was super hard to convince them to join our site. We, um, yeah, I think we started with a 70, 30 split. Giving them seventy percent uh-huh. of of, of what? all the revenue of all the revenue that the uh, the site earned per month. You meaning, oh, but it's the
0: basket of all the creators get seventy percent. Wow, so that means if you the day day one when you brought in new creators, your revenue, even though it was all your stuff essentially that was selling, your revenue got chopped to thirty percent. Not,
1: not really, because we still had our content on there.
0: Oh, because, right, you're also listed as a creator. And so you get to share yeah. in that in that 70% based on uh, the percentage of down, your stuff that's downloaded yeah. compared to the others. Okay, I get it. Um, and the reason that they wouldn't send people over is because they don't know. They might be sending somebody into your marketplace, and then that person is going to go and buy from everyone else. So what's the point of, of wasting right. their energy sending people in? <laughs> You know what, I wonder how the only marketplace that I've seen do this really well is Skillshare. And I imagine the reason that they do well is because their people are have such a f- rabid following that they care about their content, right? If you like Ali Abdaal, you want to go and watch, you've watched him on YouTube, you want to go and learn from him on Skillshare. He tells you to go to Skillshare, you're going to go and learn his his course. And you might be diverted to something else, but you'll learn from his course. And I think I could be wrong about this, but I think Skillshare also gives the originator of the sale a big cut of the sale. And you guys didn't do that. It, was, it wasn't it was like get the first month when you send a new customer over. Right. Yeah. So it's all on you. All they do is provide more content for you to sell, but it's all on you to do the marketing. And that means that you miss out a lot. Like every other marketplace, every other approach they get the creators to send people over. You think about Etsy, you say, go to my Etsy shop, but you're sending people
1: over to Etsy. Yeah, and and these creators were so entrenched in our competitors that they would much rather send them to their sites because they get a higher cut because it's per product um, purchase there.
0: And then maybe they have the, um, the leaderboards and they go up the leaderboards, which means they get more sales. And even if they don't get the leaderboard sales, their numbers go up next to, uh, the download number. Would you still recommend this approach considering that it, it just doesn't alleviate the marketing burden?
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. Because just, I don't think we would be where we are right now without all of these guys and their content.
0: Because you need their content, but you'd still recommend the SaaS approach of charging a monthly fee. So what you're looking to the creators for is not the marketing, you're looking for them to create the content and it's worth putting in the effort to get them in. And then you put the effort and you get a recurring revenue that's predictable, that's a sale of the business that you can then sell and, and get a multiple of sales. Uh, from the company. All right, I'm with you. What worked then for marketing now was on you to bring customers, not just for your family, but for all your creators' families. What else was working?
1: Yeah, so we were actually, so we were approached by a company uh, that wanted to purchase us and we, we entertained the idea. And at this time it was just um, myself, my co-founder, and maybe a couple of developers and we met with them, didn't like the deal. Um, but in doing so, we learned that um, one of their marketing guys was leaving their company and he had done well for them. So we we poached him, not really poached him, he was leaving anyway. So uh, we approached him and he decided to join us and he basically set up all of our marketing for us. Um, You know, he was doing AdWords really well, and then he was growing our SEO traffic, and just churning out lots and lots of content. Um, With that, what else did we do? Then we got into Facebook eventually, which ended up working out really, really well. We had, you mean Facebook advertising? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Eddie and I. tried it a few times and we just could couldn't get it you know probably because we didn't have the time to spend on it but so we went back to it reluctantly but it, it definitely took off for us whenever cole joined the company
0: you know and then i noticed also that he started getting you into all these different free marketplaces right there are sites like Uh, soft archive, which offers apps, music games, and and it's all basically for free. And what they're doing is they're linking to, to other sites. You know, this site, I do not, (laughs) I wonder how much of this is actually, um, pirate versus not, let me see.
1: Uh, Oh yes. We should probably talk about that. Tell me there's, there's a huge just pirate community for this type of content. You know, someone will come to our site with a stolen credit card, join, download tons of stuff. And then the next day it's up on all of these other pirated websites.
0: Ooh. And so what do you do about
1: that? We, so we hired a guy that would send out DMCAs um, mm-hmm. and that worked pretty well, but then these, this pirate guys, you know, they created their own kind of, server farm network i don't know what you want to call it that they would upload the content to and you would send them a dmca and they just wouldn't take it down so yeah. you know it's just an ongoing battle yeah you know if anyone is... out there can solve this problem i think there's a lot of money in it
0: <laughs> i feel like a lot of the people who approach me to solve it are, are maybe even causing the problem in the first place you know what i mean I I have this sense that some of them are actually copying the stuff and then they're saying, Hey, look, there's someone copying the stuff from your site. (laughs) Go and do it. Uh, yeah, I see actually that it looks like some of these sites are actually still sending you traffic though. I wonder if you guys are buying ads on them. Yeah. Look at this. I, I hope not. You might be. All right. I can, yeah, I can see that it's, I didn't realize how big privacy is soft archive. It looks like you can, you can buy pirate, you can download pirated books and other stuff from there. Yeah. All right. Affiliate programs.
1: You know, if that worked out well for you, we just started getting into an affiliate program,
0: program
1: before the sale. So the results are kind of up in the air too early to say, yeah. All right. Um,
0: you know, let me ask you on a personal level, now that the interview's over, before we started, you said to me, um, I have a little social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so how does it feel to be on camera like this and be asked so many questions? What do you go through when this happens?
1: Um, initially, you know, you, you visualize everyone kind of staring at you. Yeah. But I think you're such a good interviewer that, you know, It turns into just being a conversation between the two of us and helps relieve the anxiety. And you're taking medicine for this too. I do. Yeah. What do you take? I take a small dose of Klonopin every day.
0: And what does that do? I have
1: have generalized anxiety. So not just socialized social anxiety. Yeah.
0: So just day to day, what does that feel like, what, what triggers it? And then what does it feel when you get it?
1: You know, I never had it until probably three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it just, it changed my life completely. Like just, it's amazing, you know, not having to deal with these. uh, You're saying your whole life, you've gone
0: through having anxiety and it was just a natural thing constantly going on. Yeah. Wow. And so, how would that affect you? Would you have a hiring conversation with someone and then that would put you into an anxious spot with something else?
1: Just, yeah. You know, just the craziest thoughts. Um, like I what? could just sit there and think about, uh, I don't know, something like if my wife had gone somewhere, like I would immediately think, I hope she doesn't get into a car wreck. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, just like. And just, I think given my mom's past or kind of the health issues that run in the family, health has always been a trigger big time, um, for me. So going through COVID has not been easily easy, but, um, yeah, just lots of different triggers. And what about the, this
0: could all go away tomorrow. Did it ease that? It did. Yeah, it did. Oh, wow you know what, I wonder how much mine is is anxiety. I, I don't feel my, I've got anxiety actually, but I do have this sense constantly that something bad could go wrong and it's related just to work. If I think about my family, it occasionally comes up. I wasn't the dad who would go and check to see if my kid was breathing. I, I just assumed that they were breathing. <laughs> my kid broke the webcam that we had on him and I was fine. I, re, I realized they just scream if they need you but the, oh no, something really bad could happen at work. And then I won't be able to take care of my family. I won't be able to take care of myself. I'll be so embarrassed with the world and what they'll think that just, that's a problem.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I remember when our daughter was born, like just worrying about every possible thing that could go wrong. And I feel now that with the medication, I would just tell myself, you know, that's not likely to happen.
0: So how were you productive before with all this going on in your head? How did you take the risk of starting a business with all this going on in your head?
1: I think I just took it because I felt like I had to,
0: you know, that maybe this was your way of dealing with the anxiety, the, the issues that would go through your head when you were anxious.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, I guess I just felt like I had to start the company so that I could earn the extra money from my family. And so you'd
0: have anxiety about what would happen if and then it was well I've got to work harder so that, that I can overcome that right Yeah And truthfully in America that is true right If you have an issue right what's what's the worst thing that could happen during covid well you get sick you get better care if you have money what could happen to your kid because of this well they can't go to school if you have money you could just hire a tutor Right. Yeah, it does. It, it does overcome a lot of issues, which kind of sucks that we're creating this environment where some people have it and other people don't that kind of, it does suck. But, um, it also is a real incentive to hustle and work because there's nobody who's going to save you otherwise. Yeah.
1: Wow. What are you, what are you going to do next?
0: Um, Continue to work at motion array for a while. It seems like you said <laughs> that you've got some time you need to be there.
1: Yeah. We're there until, um, august of this year so not too long um responsibilities are pretty minimal which is nice we're kind of just helping facilitate the the combining of the two companies um and they pick our brain every now and then but other than that you know it's pretty pretty low-key but yeah i just plan on starting more
0: companies (laughs) what are you thinking of next what's an area you're interested in
1: uh all kinds of things um I'm interested in a type of search engine. Um, I have some crazy ideas that I'm interested in pursuing, like renewable energy type stuff, as well as um, affordable housing type stuff. I, I feel like now I want to I want to do things that help other people. I felt mm-hmm. like with Motion Array, I was trying to help my family, but now I can afford to to try and help other people. So. That's kind of where my mind's at.
0: I could see that motion array. One of the things that stands out for me is that it just has taste, you know, the, the videos, the, uh, motion graphics, it just has, there's a sensibility that's there that what are you studying fine art or something as a, as a student, is that right? yeah or am I wrong? yeah, it has <laughs> yeah. that care it has that sense of taste and style and um and understanding also not just what the designer wants and the creator wants, but what the 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 viewer of their product wants. It's really well done, and I could see that, and I could imagine now that with that kind of care, what you could do next uh, I'm excited about this. I feel like what you've created, you are ahead of the game with this marketplace, but I wonder what other marketplaces people are gonna jump on. The most exciting one that I saw was a marketplace for marijuana and marijuana-related products, LeafLink, right? Was
1: the it founders, like CBD or was it actual?
0: Actual stuff, like the, the, the <laughs> actual plant, as he says, and everything else. So he said, all these different stores, the only way that anybody could buy from them is if there's a sales rep who goes out and talks to them. Well, that's an inefficient way to do things. We'll create an online marketplace every everyone who has product can come into the marketplace everyone who needs it can come into the marketplace and buy you don't need to send out reps the whole thing is clearly there and he's doing incredibly well with that marketplace now that's different from what you've created but he's not handling product he's just doing the 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 digital side of it Wow. You know? yeah that's awesome Right. I'm talking to him. He goes, there's there's a need for these types of marketplaces for so many other businesses. He goes, everyone's thinking about business to consumers. Uh, You're taking a step higher and thinking business to creator. He says, how about even business to business? Think about all the different sales reps that go into a a restaurant. Every one of them should be some marketplace that somebody creates. So the restaurant doesn't have to be limited to the person who shows up and happens to bribe their person uh, the most, but to... uh, you know, a marketplace with everything that comes along with that, like ratings and reviews and more options. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I'm really excited about what you've done with Motion Array. Congratulations. I'm looking forward to having you back on with your next idea. And, um, I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first is HostGator. If you've got an idea for a marketplace, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And the second is uh, Unbounce that paid me to sit and write. And uh, I'm hoping you'll go and check it out. If you go to unbounce.com slash Mixergy, you'll see me. uh, You'll see this uh, guide that I created based on how I have conversations with people. That's uh, unbounce.com slash Mixergy. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's Andrew again. A moment after this interview was over, Tyler told me that I missed something. And so I hit record and here's what he said. What do you wish we could have talked about?
1: I think there was definitely a turning point in the company. What was that? We, we had started with just After Effects templates and my business partner, Eddie was like, Hey, you know, what do you think about making a template for Premiere Pro? which is just the video editing software. And I was like, eh, I think that's stupid, <laughs> but he's, you know, he kept pressing and he's like, I'm just going to make one and we'll give it away for free. And if people respond to it, then we know we have something. So he made it. And when we first put it out, you know, we, we posted it on Reddit on some video editors, uh, subreddits there. And, and, everyone hated it. And I think it was because they were worried, right? They were worried it was going to eat into some of their work because now you have these pre-made templates for video editors. Um, And we went ahead and just started that category. Um, So we came up with a category for Premiere pro templates. And since there was no competition and, you know, we immediately ranked first for an SEO, but of course no one was really searching for it because they didn't know it existed yet. So, but when we ran ads and stuff like that, it just kind of took off big time.
0: I see it now on your site. What is a Premiere template?
1: So it's very similar to just an after effects template. Um, there's, you know some limitations but you can still do some pretty amazing things uh with the graphics and stuff in premiere and i think what what makes it amazing is that the editors that were using after effects templates they were using after effects templates because they didn't know the software but here we were making templates for premiere pro in the software that they know And, you know, they didn't have to go and learn something new and they didn't have to have two different software packages or yeah, they could just stay in their main editing software.
0: And then, oh, so it would still do the whole intro, but you couldn't, you, they couldn't change, say the, the logo or the name on it. Could they, you
1: can, yeah.
0: Oh, so you found a way to do what people were doing with motion and, and do it in the apps that they were more likely to be using and know
1: yeah and yeah. that were more widely used because when someone's starting out with video they start with the video editing software like premiere pro or final cut right? and then maybe they move into after effects or motion something a little more complicated
0: I see it now. I was thinking that what it was was like a template for creating a vlog or a template for creating a video, a commercial, and you just upload your product image to replace our product image or replace our uh, day in the life video with your day in the life video. No, you're. I'm looking at it right now. There's something called an action opener. It's a Premiere Pro template. This is the type of thing that we would see in um, uh, what is it called? Motion uh, After Effects. Is that mm-hmm. the? Got cool. it. Wow. All right. And so
1: that helped you take off. And then what what else did we miss? I mean, mainly that, to be honest. Okay. That kind of Yeah, just took our revenue started growing like crazy, and then that's when we were able to kind of start building the team out and mm. and getting extra help. Because for the longest time, it was Eddie and I, for the most part, doing everything.
0: <laughs> and then you know what it seems like also that that the content creators, I think we undersold the impact they had on on getting traffic. They may not have been out there hustling to send their audience over to your platform, but their content was working on your site uh, through SEO to bring people in, right? I'm looking yeah. at it now. Yeah, that, that every one of them is now a, you know, another landing page that you guys turned into, not just a landing page for the thing that people. So let's take a look here. I'm looking at logo typography pack number one, right? If I'm looking for uh, logo typography, I might end up on this page and see this one, but underneath underneath it is what 12, 24 different uh, related templates, and then promotion for the other content that you have on the site. Seems like that was helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, just having the extra content helped with the conversions and turned it into an even bigger no-brainer.
0: What you don't get that other marketplaces have or other creators have is, I don't think that Adobe is sending customers to you from what I saw, right? DaVinci Resolve is not sending customers to you. You still have to get your own customers. That's right,
1: yeah. Yeah, because even now, you know, Adobe has their own Marketplace.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus like Shopify, they, they help promote their partners. All right. Um, anything else we miss? I'm going to leave this clip in the interview. You cool with it? Yes, I am perfectly cool with that. All right. Well, thanks.
1: <laughs> Andrew, I'll... this is a, a dream come true for sure. And I, I thank you for, for all of the past interviews you've done and helping everyone.
0: Thanks for doing this. I think for a lot of people who do it, there is an upside. Truthfully, when I ask them what their goal is, they say, look, we're raising money. Are we trying to get the the <laughs> message out there for when we are? Uh, you're not looking to get customers from this. You're not in a place where you're raising money. It just I appreciate that you're here just doing the interview to do the interview.
1: Thanks so much, man.
0: Thank you.